Hi, my name's Paul Grogan and welcome to episode 12 of the all-new Gaming Rules podcast. This podcast is an audio version of the monthly video log from January 2022. The video is on YouTube if you wanted to watch it there, but a lot of people prefer listening to this as a podcast. This is only possible with the financial support of my Patreon campaign. So huge thank you to all of my supporters for making this possible. And if you like the content that I create, please consider supporting me at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. And now on with the show. My name's Paul Grogan. Welcome to the January 2022 Gaming Rules Monthly Roundup Video Log, whatever you want to call it. These are the videos that I do once a month where I basically summarise everything that I did in the last month, all of the games that I've played, and give you an update on the Patreon campaign and everything that I've got planned for the next few weeks. Um, so yeah, big thank you to all of my Patreon supporters for funding the channel. Obviously this is a, a big year for me, as I announced at the end of last year that I was stepping down from my uh, role as rulebook editor. Uh, now that hasn't that hasn't completely happened yet, uh, as there are still a number of projects that I'm I'm trying to wrap up. But essentially, this is going to be the biggest year of change for me since I probably launched the channel. Um, if you haven't seen the previous video logs, I'll just give you a quick summary now without trying to repeat too much. Um, at least 40-50% of my income comes from my work as a rulebook editor, and I decided for various reasons at the end of last year that I'm stopping that. Um, and I'm not going to be officially a rulebook editor moving forward. I've still got one plan for this year, but other than that, I'm, I'm not going to be doing it anymore. I'm going to be focusing more on the channel uh, and relying more on the support of the Patreon campaign. So yeah, a huge thank you to all of my Patreon supporters for basically making what I do possible. And if you like the content that I create and you want to support me, you can do so directly at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. We'll do a full Patreon update later on. Just wanted to say a thank you. Uh, right at the start. So the first thing I'm going to do is talk about all of the games that I've played. Now this is all of the games that I've played since the last video log which was done on the 8th of December. So it's pretty much a month's worth. It's right up until yesterday. Uh, and it starts off with, and this, this feels like longer ago than a month ago, but this is Imperial Steam. Now Imperial Steam, I did a playthrough video for it. Imperial Steam was a game that I was very excited about. Uh, and I was really looking forward to it. And I remember the first time Clay from Capstone Games told me about it before there was really any information on Board Game Geek, and I was definitely interested in it. Now, we managed uh, with a lot of trouble to get me a copy of it in November because uh, there were problems with the copies at Essen, there wasn't enough that arrived or something like this. And they said, oh, we'll send you one straight after Essen. And then there were problems with that. And then Asmodee UK got some in, but due to a a mess up in the communication, there wasn't one available or something. Anyway, I managed to get a copy of Imperial Steam, did a playthrough of it, and this is one of those games that I kind of knew I was going to enjoy. However, it was also described to me as Lignum with Trains. Now, Lignum is a game from a few, a few years ago that I did get a chance to try and I really didn't like. And it's a shame because a lot of people have said, oh, Paul, you're really going to like Lignum. It's your kind of game. But... I didn't like Lignum. I played it once or twice. Uh, the rulebook really, really wasn't very good. The graphic design and the iconography was poor, and that led to a lot of confusion. And there may have been a good game in there, but unfortunately for us, it was hidden behind some impenetrable layers that just made the game, yeah, confusing for us to play. And then when I'd actually played it, putting that aside, I was not as keen on the game as I thought I would be. So anyway. 
Imperial Steam described to me Lignum with Trains, but I thought, oh, okay, well, let, let, let's let's have a look at it. And I had a look at it and I thought, no, this doesn't, this doesn't feel like Lignum at all from what I remembered about it. Um, the video is on the channel now. If you want to see a playthrough video, a tutorial and playthrough video on the channel, uh, it is on there now. I'll put an image of it on screen now. And I think it went really well. And I'll be honest with you here. Quite a lot of the time when I'm doing these playthrough videos, it takes a, it, it takes a lot of preparation. I mean, yeah, it takes a lot of preparation anyway. I get the game, I read the rules, I learn how to play, I do a, a practice video, then I do a practice teaching video, uh, and then, oh, come back, Arnie. Arnie's fallen off. Uh, and then I do the actual video. So what, what you see is... You see, you see a two and a half, three hour video and you think, oh, Paul spent two and a half, three hours producing content. No, Paul's probably spent about 10 to 15 hours in total. There's a lot of time. And Imperial Steam was about two days of preparation and work ready for the, for the live stream. And sometimes I really struggle with it. Sometimes because I've got so many rules of different games in my head and I'm working on rule books and I've got all of this, having to focus on a particular game and remember it and learn it well enough to do a teach on camera, which is quite, you know, it's quite a nerve-wracking thing, um, and making sure you get it right, you don't make any mistakes. Imperial Steam just clicked. There must be something about um, the particular mood that I was in at the time, but the rulebook was really good, and that game just clicked. And I played it, I read through the rules while sort of learning how to play, and then I played a practice game and I was like, this is great, I feel comfortable with this. And then that teach on the Friday night, if I could pat myself on the back, I would, because I think of all of the live tutorial and playthroughs that I've done in the last maybe couple of months, that was one of the better ones. I was really pleased with how it went. My thoughts on the game, possibly game of the year. I don't normally publish my actual game of the year until um, the end of this year, but that was very very high contender as i say something just clicked about the game i thought it was fantastic i thought the gameplay was really good i can't wait to play it again and i know they're working on a solo mode for it which which i'm very keen about so yeah imperial steam very very much enjoyed that game thought it thought it was fantastic and as i say if you want to see us playing it uh, the videos on the channel if you either want to learn how to play or you want to see the playthrough that's there now next up on the so that was the 9th and 10th of december next up was the 11th of december and this was a Saturday morning. Now, I was planning, because uh, Vicky was out shopping this day, so I'd planned to do a stream of Concordia Solitaria, the new official solo mode for Concordia. That was happening around noonish, but Mike Dennis from Ready Steady Play, starting on the Friday night, was doing a 24 hour stream for charity. Now, I, uh, you know, all credit to Mike for doing this. He basically streamed live for 24 hours playing all sorts of games. And I said to him, because I wanted to support him, and Mike's a good friend and he's a fellow content creator and we're both patron supporters of each other. But I thought, let's play a game with him. So we found, so I basically said, in the morning of the Saturday, Mike, we'll play a game together using Board Game Arena. Uh, and obviously it will go out and it'll be live streamed on his channel as part of his 24 hour stream. And we chose Kahuna. Now Kahuna, I've I've had a physical copy of Kahuna for about 20 years. I got it when it came out. It's a fantastic two-player game. It's really good, it's really clever. I've played it loads over the 20 years and I still play it now because I still think it's a really good game. And it's on Board Game Arena and we played a game of it. Now, to be fair, 
Mike had been awake for about 36 hours and he hadn't played it before. So I taught him how to play and we played it. But yeah, it was a really good game. And if you want to see that, that's on Mike's channel. If you go to Ready Steady Play on YouTube and look for his 24-hour charity stream and he made a whole ton of money about it. And in fact, if that charity is still doing the same thing next year, it's something that if I'd known about, I would have possibly done something myself. Although there is no way that I can stream for 24 hours. I, my no, my age and health, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to do it. Uh, but anyway, congratulations to Mike for raising all of that money. So then I played Concordia Solitaria, which I need to play again because I made a mistake in the rules setup. And unfortunately, um, I forgot to tell people to turn on the Klingon subtitles at the start of the video. So that video has an error. If you have watched my, my solo playthrough of Concordia Solitaria, or you are going to watch it, please bear in mind I made a setup error that I didn't spot until somebody pointed it out later in the chat. Basically, once you set up the display of the seven cards, um, you're supposed to take the leftmost of the crafting cards and the AI player, whatever they're called, can't remember what they're called. Anyway, they start with that, Contrarius, I think. They start with that card in play, and I didn't do that. Um, so yeah, I want to play it again for two reasons. One, I made the mistake in the setup, but two, it was great. I mean, Concordia is a fantastic game anyway, and the solo, the new solo mode is really good. Um, so I definitely want to play it again, but I'd be tempted to play it with, uh, obviously, a different map, and possibly some of the additional rules, because the solo mode, the Solitaria rules, actually allow you to play with any map configuration and any other expansion. So you can play with the fish market or the uh, the forum tiles or, or whatever. So anyway, that, that is on the channel. If you want to see it, just bear in mind, I did make that setup mistake. I played the game right, rules-wise. It was just the setup. Moving on to the 13th of December, I did a whole day of Bot Factory. Uh, now, Bot Factory isn't out yet. Bot Factory isn't even on Kickstarter yet. But I did a whole day of playing the game, and I think I did three games of it. Uh, this was Patreon only. So if you're a patron supporter of mine, you would have got a link uh, to the playthrough videos that I did this. And this is part of my professional work. What I was doing is, although I'm not the rulebook editor for Bot Factory, I'm, I did some consultancy. So what that means is um, yeah, they send me all of the files for the game and they send me the rulebook. And I spent a couple of days before printing out all of the components, making up my own prototype. And then I tried to play the game from the rulebook. And this is the best test of a rulebook, as far as I'm concerned. So I spent, I basically did a day's work for them where I uh, read through the rulebook, gave loads of feedback on the rulebook in terms of low-level feedback and high-level feedback, but I got to play the game as well. I got to play uh, a multiplayer game where I was playing against myself. Then I hosted a game with some of my Patreon supporters and we did a three-player game uh, with me, Jill and Scott. Uh, and then we all, I also tested the solo rules and I did a solo game as well. Um, so because it was a professional piece of work that I did, I can't really give my opinions on the game, but I can tell you a bit about the game. Bot Factory is a lighter uh, Vittel Lacerda game. It's not just Vittel, it's a, it's a co-design, um, but it's using some of the elements from Kanban or Kanban EV, whichever version you've got, uh, and turned it into a shorter, lighter game. It's not, it's not like Kanban Light. It's got some mechanisms taken from Kanban, but it is its own game. Now, compared to Mikado de Lisboa, which was a similar thing, Mikado de Lisboa was taking one of the elements from Lisboa and turning it into its own game. But the big difference for me is Mikado de Lisboa is a thinky filler game. It is about a 
25, 30 minute game with not many rules, but very thinky. Bot Factory is actually a complete game. It, it takes about an hour to an hour and a half and it's got about 12 pages of rules. Therefore, it's not just a thinky filler like Mercado de Lisboa. It's actually a, a, a full blown game in its own right. Yes, it is less complex than his other games and less, yes, it is shorter, but it, it, it's not a filler. I mean, for me, a filler is like 15, 20 minutes. This was an hour and a half for our game, and it would probably be an hour to an hour and a quarter if we played it again. So yeah, solid game, just don't expect a 30 minute filler. So anyway, that was Bot Factory. Right, let's move on to Arkham Horror because that Arkham Horror is next. I've played two games of Arkham Horror in the last month. This is the Arkham Horror card game. 15th of December, we played chapter six. Yeah, we played chapter six of The Forgotten Age. And then on the 5th of January, just last week, we played chapter seven. We are nearing the end of the Forgotten Age campaign and I'm going to be finishing it later this month. And I can't really give any spoilers away, um, which is really difficult to talk about this without giving any spoilers away. But for those of you that have played the Forgotten Age campaign, chapter six is that weird one, which is completely different from the rest of the campaign. And based on how well our campaign is going, we are at the point of saying, well, look, we're just going to lose these because we're, we're so hopelessly damaged and wrecked. We're not going to do very well at all. And in fact, 5A and 5B, we did terribly at. 6, we did really well. 6, chapter 6, we, we just, it was a good story. It was an interesting one. Really enjoyed the scenario and we actually did quite well. However, 7 that we did last week is tricky because many people have asked me, am I enjoying the game? And I love the Arkham Horror card game. It's probably my top 10 games of all time. But when you go into a game severely um, damaged and punished for all of the things that you've done or not done in the campaign, oh, you didn't have a piece of chalk, lose two, take two trauma or whatever. Um, we, we are absolutely crippled. We're going into this adventure now. I mean, Andy's going in with five or six physical trauma. So he died in two turns or three turns. Um, was was so badly damaged. So yes, I enjoyed. We, we got together and we played the game. But I also am not keen on going into a game knowing that you are never going to succeed at this. This is just going to be completely hopeless because you're all completely screwed. But still, go on anyway. So we're doing chapter eight next week, um, and that will finish off the Forgotten Age campaign. I've enjoyed the story of the Forgotten Age, but I can't help feeling that we're not actually experiencing it as we possibly should experience it because we're going in with no chance of success and just going through the motions until we die. We'll see what happens in chapter eight. I don't know, but certainly chapter seven was a, uh, there's no way we were going to ever, ever succeed at this. Right, moving on. Uh, Book of Rituals on the 16th, I did an interactive playthrough on the channel of the Book of Rituals. Book of Rituals is a puzzle book um, that's come from Board and Dice. And they sent me a copy of this uh, book to basically show people. Uh, and if you like puzzle games, escape room style puzzles and things like that. Uh, now, Board and Dice do the Escape Tales games. And there's something called Journal 29, which isn't from Board and Dice, but is a puzzle book type thing. If you like those kinds of things, this is what this is. But if you want to check out the video on the channel, what I did is for those people who would pre-ordered the book, they got a set of, I think it's three or four bonus puzzles. And what I did on this video is I showed off the bonus puzzles. So I didn't give any spoilers away for the book itself. Um, but if you want to check the video out, you can see. Um, and we did it as an interactive playthrough with people in the chat helping me. 
to try and solve the puzzles. So yeah, me and Vicky are going to enjoy that when we eventually get round to... We've still got a couple of other ones we need to finish first. Um, but yeah, the puzzles in it are very much the kind of puzzles that we, we like to do. So yeah, check that out if you're interested. What then happened? Uh, oh, also on the 16th, one of the things that I've been meaning to do for quite a while is to play more of Undaunted Normandy and Undaunted North Africa because I've only played them a few times and I really like both games and I like the I, I like the design of the game I just don't get to play it as much as I want to which is the case with a lot of games but Undaunted Normandy has like 14 or 15 scenarios in it and I've only ever played the first two maybe three um, so I've decided to start playing it on a semi-regular basis with Peter Rushton using Tabletop Simulator we both own a physical copy of the game um, but it's just impractical to, you know, visit each other because we live hours away. Um, so the plan is, any time I'm free and any time Peter's free, we'll say, do you fancy a quick game of Undaunted? And we'll do it. And eventually, we will get through the whole campaign. I say campaign, we're basically just going to play through all of the missions. We've played two so far, win for the Germans. So I'm playing the Germans, Peter's playing the Americans, currently it's 2-0 to the Germans. Um, watch this space. Um, yeah, these were streamed to Patreon supporters. So if you're a Patreon supporter of mine, you do get access to a lot of these behind the scenes videos. And that was one of the videos that, that we did. Just notice Loki's walked in, so he might be making an appearance sometime soon. Oh, he's over there. Right, what's next? Um, Maracaibo. Okay, so Maracaibo expansion. Maracaibo, brilliant game. Absolutely love Maracaibo. Talked about it loads on the channel, covered it a number of times on the channel. But the expansion arrived and I was really keen to see what the expansion added to the game. And I didn't actually know much about what the expansion included until it had arrived and I've actually got it. And it's actually it really interesting. I've actually done a video on the channel of what is in this box and what comes with the thing. So if you just want to watch a short video giving you an overview of what's included in Maracaibo Uprising, that video is on my channel now. But... What we did is we did um, a playthrough of one of the cooperative scenarios. So I'd done a practice game of it uh, where I played basically, I, I think I played solo. Yeah, I think I played solo, but then we played the same scenario three player in the evening. And yeah, Maracaibo is fantastic. And I really like the fact that they've introduced these new modules into the game that allow you to play it in different ways. And that scenario, the, the, um, the cooperative, or one of the two cooperative scenarios included in the game, was just really good. It was just a nice twist to the game that you're sort of playing Maracaibo as normal, but actually you're not competing with each other, but you're still trying to do the same thing. Because at the end of the game, you've got to have achieved all of the objectives, which is to free the Caribbean and got rid of all of the European nations. But you also, all players have to score uh, more points than Jacques. Jacques is like an automa that's kind of like a timer and trying to score points. Um, and yeah, I won't spoil it, but one of the players let us down. Right. Uh, what's next? Iki. Oh, also on the 17th. So that was in the afternoon. Maracaibo Uprising was in the afternoon. In the evening, I played Iki. Now, Iki is a game that I've heard loads about since Essen. It was a game which came out about five years ago. I missed it when it first came out never heard anything about it but then just after Essen or it might have been near the end of Essen people were saying oh have you had a chance to go and see Iki yet it looks fantastic and I was like no never heard of it um and you know I didn't get a chance to see it at Essen um but Flavin from from uh, Hachette Board Games UK thank you very much for sending me a copy of Iki um sent, sent me a copy of it 
and I could see what everybody was raving about. It was played quite a lot at GridCon, so my copy of the game went into the library at GridCon and got played a few times there, and on the 17th I learned how to play, uh, I think the day before, uh, and then we played it on the evening. So again, if you're interested, I did a tutorial and playthrough video for Icky uh, on the 17th of December, and yeah, it's really good. It's just, it's just a solid game. My only concern with the game is the slight randomness in the fire. So at the end of each certain period of the game, a fire breaks out in one of the quarters. Um, you've got to mitigate against that. You have to build up your fire protection and you have to put things down. And there's a little bit of a risk. If you put them down near the edge, then there's more risk of them getting damaged by fire. And that's a choice you can take. But ultimately, that random choice of which one comes out, which you have no influence over, it might... You know, if you take a risk and build a building on the edge and then that building comes out, or that area comes out, the building burns down and, and you've lost the building and that's really bad. Or you could be lucky and it doesn't come out and you get away with it. It's part of the game. It's just one of the things in there which I was, at the end of the game, I was thinking, oh yeah, great game, really good here, this, that and the other mechanisms. And then, oh, there's this, where does the fire break out? A little bit random. But as I say, that's... You, you've got to take that into account when you're playing the game and you've got to run the risk of if you're not going to build up your fire protection you're at risk of losing your building right next 19th sherlock holmes consulting detective box number two i think it is the blue box um the only box that we haven't finished yet and we did case number i can't remember what case we did <laughs> because we actually did the queen's park affair first which is cases seven eight or eight nine and ten and we're now going through the seven original cases. So I think it was case five. I think we've got two left. Um, and again, as usual, really enjoyed it. Um, the typos and the problems with the language in the blue box. I've made a big deal of these before, but it's not as bad. In some of these cases, it's just the odd humorous word because it's been misspelled or it's the wrong word. Um, it's, it wasn't a problem in this case. And it was, it was another good one. Um, and I think we scored really well. I think we got like 110 points or something. Um, we don't, I mean, I, I've spoken to a lot of these people about, uh, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people about Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective and they've said, oh, we don't bother with the scoring. And it's kind of like, well, we do the scoring. We go through the motions and we ask the questions and we get answers to the questions and we score ourselves based on how many of those questions we get right. We don't care about the scoring. We don't, play to get more than 100 but we do do the scoring if you don't do the scoring i don't know what do you do so this is a question for you if you play Sherlock Holmes consulting detective and you're one of those people who says we don't do the scoring then what do you do at the end of a game do you read the questions answer them and then read the solution but don't bother with the scoring is, is that what you do um or are you like us that you actually do add up the scores but who cares what the scores is? That, that's what we do. We add up the scores, but it doesn't matter. If we score 100, score 50, it doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter. Um, right, next up, Tabanusi, 20th, mentioned later. Yeah, so on the 20th of December, uh, me and Luke Hector got together and we played a game of Tabanusi together, two-player, using uh, Tabletopia, I think it was, because it wasn't available on Tabletop Simulator. Or at least I didn't think it was. Turns out it was later. Um, so yeah, we played a two-player learning game of Tabanusi. That was in preparation for the Tabanusi videos coming later in the week, which I'll talk about in a minute. Right, next up, Arc Nova. So on the, uh, on the 21st of December, so each month I do uh, at least one solo playthrough 
which is voted on by my patron supporters. I normally do more than one solo playthrough a month, but one of them is voted on by patron supporters. And I put a vote up at the start of December, uh, and my patron supporters voted and wanted me to play Ark Nova. Probably because it's one of the hottest games that's been talked about, certainly in December, probably still at the moment. So it was no surprise that it won the vote, although it was a very close call between that and Lost Ruins of Arnak uh, with the new expansion. So, because it was voted on by patron supporters, I did a solo playthrough of Ark Nova. And in fact, I did two solo playthroughs of Ark Nova on the 21st. I did one which was public, which went out to everybody, but then later in the evening, because Ark Nova was still set up on the table, I did another video, I think this was for Patreon supporters only, I did a second one, uh, where I basically played it again. Ark is a fantastic game. I talked earlier on about Imperial Steam, might possibly be my game of last year. If it isn't, it's probably Ark Nova. I, I need some time to go back and reflect on all of the games that were released last year, but Ark Nova's been fantastic. Um, and I don't want to jump on the bandwagon, because everybody else right now is saying, oh, Ark Nova's amazing, game of the year. If I was to just say, oh yeah, it's my game of the year as well, it's kind of like, eh, you know, but I'm, I'm saying it because I really feel it. I mean, I've covered this game on the channel so many times, I've talked about this game so many times, I've played it loads, it's great, and I would have been playing it again tomorrow if my plans for this week hadn't have gone wrong. Um, so yeah, so I did two solo playthroughs on the 21st, and my opinion of it as a solo game is it's brilliant, because I, I like my solo games where I just do stuff. I don't want a bot, I don't want an AI, I don't want an automa. I appreciate and I respect that those are very good and very clever, but I don't want that in a solo game. I just want to do my thing and add up my points at the end. That, that's what I want to do. I don't want a, a complex bot that I have to work out exactly what it's going to do. That's just personal preference. An Ark Nova is like that. It's great. Um, right, so Tabanusi. So yeah, so Luke Hector came round for the day on the 23rd of December uh, and we did two games of Tabanusi. We did a two-player tutorial and playthrough video and then both me and Luke tackled the solo game in the afternoon. So the two of us were playing together as one and we played the solo game. Now Tabanusi is the latest in the T range of games. Uh, this one is designed by Daniel Toshini and David Spada and I really liked it. Um, I've played Teotihuacan, well, I've played Zolkin, if you want to class that as a T game, I mean, technically it is. Um, I've played that, I've played Teotihuacan, I've played Tekenu, and I've played Tabanusi. I like all of them. It's really tricky for me. I'm not going to say right now which one is my favourite and which one is my least favourite. All I know is Tabanusi for me was lighter than Teotihuacan and Tekenu. Teotihuacan and Tekenu are both really good games and are really solid games, but they are at the upper end of my complexity comfort level. Both of them take quite a while to teach because both of them have a lot going on and yeah, lots of interlocking mechanisms. Tabanusi isn't a light game, but in my opinion it is lighter than the other two and I found it more accessible and I found it more interesting. My only concern with Tabanusi is I've only played it now twice, well, I've played it once solo, twice solo, maybe twice solo, no, once solo, uh, and twice at two player. I haven't played it yet at three and four player. And my opinion of the two player game is that I think it would be better at three and four player. Two player worked, it wasn't a problem, but I just think because of the mechanisms where you sort of start to plan buildings and then other players build them and things like that, that would be a lot more interactive and a lot more going on in a three and four player game. 
Anyway, more on that later on. There may be a three-player game of Tabernusi coming very soon to the channel. And then, on the evening of the 23rd, I played a little game that I might have mentioned once before called Ark Nova. Now, Ark Nova is Luke's number one game of last year, and as I said, it, it's possibly my number one game of the year as well. It's fantastic, and the two-player game that I played with Luke on the evening of the 23rd was a brilliant game. Really, really good game, um, and it was very, very close. In terms of the, the flow of the game was good, there were points where I thought Luke definitely won this, then there was a point where I managed to shift the balance and things like that, and anyway, it was a really good game and it was very close in the end. Uh, and thank you to the people who've watched the video and made some comments afterwards. I haven't told Luke about those comments on the video, um, because people watching afterwards spotted a couple of things that I think Luke forgot to do, uh, which might have swung the game in his favour, but it, I don't care who won that game, because it was so close in the end. It was just fantastic. Really, really good game. And a really good game to end a whole day of gaming. And yeah, yeah. Get on with Luke. And we play games together now and again. And it was really good. Just really good end to the day. Right. Other stuff that I've done. Oh, Christmas Eve, we played Just One with Vicky's family. Right. Just One is a brilliant game. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've talked about Just One before. But if you're looking for a party game with so simple rules that really interesting, keeps everybody engaged at all times, and is just good fun, and you can play it as long as you want. In fact, we played just one, but we didn't We didn't actually play by the proper rules. We didn't play the whole 13 cards and... No. There were six of us playing, we just went round three times, and that was it. And Because just one is one of those games where the fun is in the playing of the game. It's not about the scoring or anything else, it's just the fun of playing. Um, and yeah, we had a great time. Always have a great time playing just one. So that was fantastic. That was Christmas Eve. Um, over the Christmas holidays, I did a fighting fancy book. So this has become a tradition now. Uh, these, these videos are all on the channel. These were not Patreon only videos. They're all on the channel. But I decided to do Caverns of the Snow Witch. I say I decided. My Patreon supporters voted on which book I would cover. Caverns of the Snow Witch is book nine in the original fighting fantasy book, um, written by Sir Ian Livingston, who's been knighted over Christmas, so congratulations Ian. Not that you're watching this, but I'll say congratulations anyway. Um, and I did a four-part series, as I say, between Christmas and New Year, although I think part four was, I think part four was into the New Year. And again, it's an interactive playthrough. So um, basically the audience who are watching vote on whether I go left or right, whether I fight the dragon or not, and things like that. Caverns of the Snow Witch, I enjoyed the story and there were design parts of the book that I thought were interesting and good, but overall as a book I thought it was not great in terms of there were two or three mandatory fights which are just stupidly hard, like if you don't have good stats you die, and then there's a few points in it where if you didn't have a certain item you just died straight away, and there's a few points like that in it. Now. As I say, I enjoyed it because I was playing it with people watching, making choices, and quite often we were like, turn to this page, you're dead. Okay, let's go back. Or a fight. Oh, this fight's stupidly hard. Well, let, let's just, we fudge this one and we move on. Um, if we hadn't have done that, we'd still be playing the game now. Because, you know, three hours in, and you turn a page and you have a stupidly tough fight, it's just, yeah, it's a really, really hard book uh, to do. But anyway. It was enjoyable to do because of the interaction with the audience. New Year's Eve, games that we played on New Year's Eve, just one, Time's Up, Telestrations. 
Uh, again, all fun, good party games that keeps everybody engaged at all times. Yeah, that's what we played on, on New Year's Eve. January. On the 3rd of January. So this is the first proper game that I played this year was Unfathomable. Uh, I have a physical copy of Unfathomable, Unfathomable, um, but I have yet to find time to get it to the table. Thankfully, we found a tabletop simulator mod for it, and we played a four-player game of Unfathomable on the evening of the 3rd, and I loved it. I really did love it. Now, let's go into this with... I used to play games like Werewolf and The Resistance and things like that many, many years ago. And Battlestar Galactica, which is what Unfathomable is, is based on, is a game which I own in my collection. I think Battlestar Galactica is a fantastically designed game. It's very, very thematic, and it does the traitor element absolutely brilliantly. However, over the last five or six years or so, I've really gone off these games, and that is down to not, not my changing tastes in games, because my, my tastes change over time. It's not about a change in taste. It's about my comfort level and my anxiety levels. So when I'm playing social deduction games or hidden role games or anything like that, that, that triggers off certain anxiety issues that I have. And especially when you're playing with a group who starts shouting and accusing each other of things and calling you a liar and you know accusing you of being the traitor or the werewolf when you're not and things like this and i know it's just a game okay and i know this is it, it's an issue that i have but it makes me really uncomfortable to the point where i just don't want to play these games because i don't enjoy them however i wanted to try unfathomable because i really really think battlestar galactica is a fantastic game I like the Arkham Horror theme, and this was a shorter, slightly more streamlined version. So I got together, we played it over Tabletop Simulator online, and thankfully, um, I had no issues whatsoever. So I will play those games with the right group. And thankfully, and thanks to all of the people who played the game with me that evening, it was the perfect group for me, because I had absolutely no anxiety issues. I wasn't even worried about it whatsoever at all. It was just yeah great i was a little nervous because when the cards got dealt out at the start i was the traitor and i was like oh brilliant right well hang on a minute this is the part that i didn't really like but yeah, the game was fine game was really good i really enjoyed it and I, I definitely want to cover the physical game on the channel it's just finding a time when i've got enough people to come around so yeah let us know if you've played unfathomable leave me a comment in the video if you've played it uh, and how it for you, it compares to Battlestar Galactica, because I'm really interested to find sort of a, a rough idea of, oh yeah, I, I've played Unfathomable, but I hadn't played Battlestar Galactica, or I've played both, or, or whatever, or something like that. Just let, let us know if you've played it. So that was a good one. Um, right, next up is Capital Lux 2 and Altree. Okay, so Capital Lux 2 and Altree were both covered on the channel public videos last Friday. 7th of January. But in order for me, as I mentioned earlier on, there's a lot of background work that goes on in preparation to these videos before what you see is Paul playing the game with his friends. So both Capital Lux 2 and Altree, I, I played and le learned how to play them and played them the day before. So I basically booked the whole of the 6th off work and spent all day learning Capital Lux 2 and doing a playthrough and then learning Altree doing a playthrough myself and then hosting a game for some Patreon supporters 
where they played through a game with me teaching them as we went. And I'm really glad I did that second game because I came across in that second game of Ultra um, a couple of things that I'd got wrong in the first game. So when the public video went live on the 7th, where there was four of us playing it, I think it went fine. I don't think I made any rules mistakes whatsoever. It wasn't a sponsored video, but I still want to get the rules right. Um, now, Altree is an interesting one because I like it more than I should. And there's a number of other content creators who I've spoken to about the game. And in fact, the sort of round the table discussion that we had at the end of Altree, I seem to enjoy it more than anybody else. Now, Rob, to be fair, I knew Rob wasn't going to be a big fan of it. Rob likes his competitive, heavy, crunchy, meaty games. He likes his light filler games sometimes, but he doesn't like the in-between. Um, so I kind of knew that Rob wasn't going to enjoy it too much. But ultimately, Altree probably isn't the best game of the year. isn't the best game of the year. Altree might not even be in the top 10 games of last year. And ultimately, despite the really nice artwork, the amazing production quality of the game, the designer's pedigree. In Altree, you will move to a space, you will flip a card over, you'll read a bit of narrative text, and then you'll roll some dice to see whether you succeed or not. That's ultimately what a lot of the game is. Not all of the game, there's other stuff going on as well, um, but a lot of the game is that. And that sounds like, well, Paul, why, why do you like that game? And I think for me, it's because Altree as a package that game took us an hour and a quarter, right? If that was a three-hour game and it was move somewhere, roll some dice, meh, I, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. But Altree, together as a whole package, as a family plus level game with stories, with a little bit of a narrative, with adventures and stuff like this, I just liked it. I just really, really enjoyed it. So for me, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I had a great experience at playing the game, even though if I was to be very objective on the on the game's design it's like yeah this is just move somewhere flip a card over roll some dice there is a little bit of mitigation and things like that but yeah on the surface is not the kind of game that uh, i would normally play so yeah if i could summarize Altree, it would be i liked this game more than i probably should have done if that makes any sense anyway capital lux 2 was next now capital lux 2 came as a bit of a surprise to me because I was a fan of Capital Lux 1. I've, I've owned Capital Lux 1 for a long time and I've played it a bunch of times. And Capital Lux 1, or just Capital Lux, I didn't enjoy the first game I played of it because I didn't understand what was going on at all. It's an extremely clever game. It's a very clever, fairly simple rules. But do I play the card here or do I play it there? Oh, but if I play it here, that does that. But if I play it there, oh, that's going to mess this up. Oh, and what's he doing? Oh, yeah. Right, that's pretty much the rules. There you go. Anyway, Capital Lux 2 came out a couple of years ago and I spoke to the publisher and I said, look, I really like Capital Lux 1. Is there any chance I could have a review copy of Capital Lux 2? And two years ago, they gave me a copy of Capital Lux 2. And I've been meaning to cover it on the channel ever since. I think it was two years ago. Maybe it was one year ago. I don't know, but I've had a copy for ages. Anyway, last Friday I went, right, this is gonna get covered on the channel. So I did one of these behind the scenes videos where I basically get the game out, open it, punch it out, learn how to play the game. And I'm reading it and I'm going, wait a minute, this is the same as Capital Lux 1. So the reason it confused me is I thought Capital Lux 2 was the second game in a series of Capital Lux games that was like a different game. It's not. Capital Lux 2 is actually 
a second edition of Capital Lux, okay? But with a whole boatload of extra features. So in Capital Lux, um, you have four different sort of factions, each of which has a power. In Capital Lux 2, there are four different powers for each of the factions, and you randomly choose which powers you're going to use at the start of the game. So there's 256 combinations, and it's, yeah, it's still the same game as Capital Lux, so if you like Capital Lux 1, you should definitely consider looking at Capital Lux 2. Uh, and if you, want to, if you want to know more about the game, just watch the video. That's all I can say. It's a short game, it's about 30 minutes long, and you will see what kind of game it is from watching the video. So that, that is on the channel now, Capital Lux 2, uh, from last Friday and we enjoyed it so much we then did another one so if you're looking you will actually see two videos both capital looks both from last Friday one of them is the first game one of them is the second game don't watch the second video if you don't know how to play because we don't explain the rules we explain the rules in the first video and then the second video is just another playthrough anyway that is almost everything except for yesterday yesterday uh, we went to a friend's house and we played games five and six of Charterstone Charterstone is a game which we are all really enjoying, um, more so than we all expected to, because when the game came out, it was sort of a mixed response. A lot of people going, wow, this is fantastic, and a lot of people going, oh my god, this is awful. We're really enjoying it. We're up to game six, we're halfway through the campaign, but it's a very nicely designed game. It's, it's just, it's not it's not exceptional it's not oh my god this is fantastic and this is new and this is clever but the way that it's packaged together and the way that it's all done is just nice and it starts off very simple but it turns into quite an involved game with a lot of different things going on so yeah there's a lot of clever parts of the game design um but the games are taking us about an hour and a quarter hour and 20 to play uh and it's nice that a couple of things change each time you play but we're at the point now where i'm hoping nothing else gets added because it's already quite complex and I know there is more stuff going to be added because it says at the start there's seven types of cards and only five of them have been revealed so far so there's two types of cards which haven't been added into our campaign yet so yeah that's that'll be we're next we're, we're, we're meeting up every sort of three weeks and playing a couple of games each time we meet up so we will finish it in March we'll we'll finish Charterstone in March um it isn't a game that I would probably play again physically but I do want to play the digital campaign. I do have the digital app. Um, Akram Digital have done a fantastic job with the digital conversion of the game. And I've played through a whole bunch of games on it. But I, I want to get together with some people and, and play a digital campaign. Uh, maybe all in one day. That'll be fun. <laughs> right. That is all of the games that I've played in the last few months. Now, before I move on, I just wanted to say something. And this is, this is in response to a couple of... Um, troll-like comments that I've received on some of my YouTube videos. Uh, and I know that those people who leave those comments, I know I know a lot of people say, oh, don't listen to the trolls and everything else. But, and, and these weren't, these weren't like you suck kind of comments. These were critical comments about some of the things that I've done and the way that I've said things to the point where it's made me feel like I want to sort of give a response here and I'm giving a response here knowing full well that the people who left those comments are not watching this video but it has made me think about wanting to say something and a lot of you know this already and I've kind of touched on it earlier on is about what you see when I do a playthrough video in an evening is you see the start of the video and me going hi my name's Paul Grogan and welcome to this video 
what a lot of people don't, and I was having a chat with somebody on Discord as well a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and he said, well, how long does it take you to prepare for a video? And I said, well, about 10 to 12 hours. And he was like, mind blown. He said, well, I, th I thought you just read through the rule book and then did the video. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. So yeah, when you see a video on my channel and it is a playthrough video or a tutorial and playthrough video, there is at least six to 10 hours of work that's gone on before that. And you may think, well, how has it taken that long? Well, first of all, setting up the studio each time, getting the camera angles right, doing all of the thumbnails, learning the game, practicing playing the game, practicing teaching the game, sitting there, spending an hour and a half writing out a rough teaching script of how I would teach this game. As I say, that's all behind the scenes stuff that, you know, a lot of people don't, don't see. Patreon supporters do see some of the behind the scenes stuff because I do a learning video, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is when that is a sponsored video, I take that time it takes into account when charging the publisher. Okay. So the publisher doesn't get charged for three hours of work. If it's a three hour playthrough, the publisher gets charged for the amount of time it takes me to create the video. And that's, that's standard across the, uh, across the industry. But on my channel, it's not always sponsored playthrough videos. You will know that, let's just have a look. Altry, Ark Nova, uh, Capital Lux 2, um, Icky. Uh, what else is on there? Concordia Solitaria. Yeah, so those videos, none of those were sponsored, okay? And all of those videos took a lot of time in preparation and planning, and that's just how it works. So yeah, just wanted to say, when you see a playthrough video, just be aware there's a lot of work that goes on in the background before it's on the channel. Right, next up, other things that have been on the channel in the last month. I did an unboxing video for Polis. Now, that made me happy because Polis has sat up there on the shelf in shrink for about a year. And it made me happy that I finally got around to taking the shrink off and unboxing it. Unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because everybody who's played Polis has said it's fantastic and the game is really well respected and really it's supposed to be really, really good. And after doing the unboxing, I was like, this looks really, really good. Uh, and I say unfortunately because it's now calling out at me and it needs playing. And I really wanted to find time last week to play it and I didn't. And I really wanted to try and find time this week to play it. And so far I haven't. So yeah, I'd like to say Polis is going to get covered on the channel soon. It's a two-player game. So that really restricts me. Like when I do a mail out to my friends and say, who can come round on Friday? If three people say, yes, we can come round on Friday, I can't do Polis. Um, if only one per if, if, if we are ever in a situation where only one person gets back to me and says, I can come round on Friday and nobody else can, bang, we'll, we'll, we'll get polished to the table. But it's another one that I'm going to have to learn. It's quite a heavy game. There's a big rule book and it's going to take me at least a day to learn the game, prepare it and practice it ready for a video. But did do an unboxing video and it looks great. I also did the live Q&A at the end of December. Uh, I also did a live show on New Year's Eve. So I got together with Luke Hector, Mark Dainty, Tom Heath, the four of us got together. We did a live show on New Year's Eve where we talked about our gaming highlights of the year. Not necessarily our best game of the year, just great things that we've done over the year and good things that we've really enjoyed. So if you're interested in that, 
I called it top 10 gaming moments of or gaming highlights of 2021. But anyway, that's there on the channel. That was really good fun. It was just like an hour and a half of us chatting about stuff on New Year's Eve while Vicky was downstairs cooking food. Um, I did uh, a Patreon-only stream of Bloodsword. Bloodsword is a choose-your-own-adventure book and multiplayer one. Uh, and I did that for a few of my patron supporters. That was fun. Um, Telestrations. Oh, yeah, I did the, the, the Telestrations game from New Year's Eve. Um, I actually kept all of the bits of paper that were used for it. And I did a quick stream, again, for patron supporters, where I just went through all of the Telestrations. That was posted to Slack, so if you're interested in that, that is there. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's lots more behind the scenes videos that I've done over the last month as well. So yeah, that's that's all the content that I've made. Right, Patreon update. Let's talk about where we are. December was a, a relatively good month. Um, it was still up, which means it's a good month. It wasn't as good as October or November, but still positive. Uh, so a big thank you to all of my existing Patreon supporters for sticking with me. And a big thank you to, again to all of the, the new people who've joined. There were 35 new patron supporters in December, which is amazing. Uh, unfortunately, I lost 23. So 23 people left the Patreon in December. Uh, so there's a net increase of plus 12. There's a list on screen right now. Uh, this is all of the new supporters in December. But as I say, what I haven't listed is I haven't listed the 23 people that went. So this looks better than it actually is. Um, and a big thank you to all of the patron supporters who've increased their pledge uh, from a lower level to a to a higher level. So there we go. Yeah, big thank you to all Patreon supporters. Uh, as some of you will know, I was on a, a bit of a Patreon drive uh, to try and get to 800 supporters. Uh, there was limited success in the Patreon drive. Um, we didn't we didn't manage to make 800. I think we got very close in December. I think we may have been like 12 to go or 13 to go. Unfortunately, uh, at the start of each new month, when the Patreon billing cycle runs. I normally lose about 10 to 15 supporters, right? Now, they don't leave. They are just no longer active supporters. And I think that is down to the way that Patreon's billing system works. Um, and if you're a Patreon supporter of somebody and your credit card expires or something like that, quite often you don't get a notification about it. I see it. I see that, oh, I've suddenly lost 15 supporters, but nobody's left. How has that happened? Uh, and it's because Patreon... If, it, if your credit card has been expired or whatever, and it can't take the monthly payment from you, it deactivates you as far as my Patreon support goes. And that's why at the start of each month, there's, there's a sharp drop uh, in the number of people that are supporting me. Also, I think on January the 1st, about five people did actually leave the Patreon and, and withdraw their support. So yeah, it wasn't a good start to the month, but um, it's picked up a little bit and we're now 25 supporters away. We will get to 800 at some point, um, but yeah, we are currently 25 supporters away from 800 and I do have something special planned when I get to 800. Uh, so yeah, and like I said at the start, if you like the content that I create this video, and at least 50% of all of the other videos that I make are only made possible through the support of the Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash gaming rules only if you're able to. Please don't feel you have to. Every month I do a contest. Uh, last month's contest was to win a copy of Brick and Mortar, which was kindly donated to me by Nick from Octoraf Games. I did the draw a couple of days ago. Uh, now, it, to, to enter this, well, you don't actually need to enter it. Basically, if you are a patron supporter at producer level or higher, you automatically automatically get entered into the draw and I did the draw 
and the winner was Emma Smith. So congratulations, Emma. I've already spoken to you about the game. Uh, and Nick now has your address so he can, he can get you a copy of it. Let us know when it arrives. Brick and Mortar is a game that I did cover on the channel. Uh, was it November? It was either November or December. I can't remember. Very clever game. Another one that I want to play again. Um, but yeah, that's there. So congratulations to Emma. This month's contest is actually for a copy of Zhang Nan from Mo Ideas. Now, Zhang Nan was on Kickstarter at the end of last year. Unfortunately, it didn't do as well as they hoped on Kickstarter. So the Kickstarter was cancelled. They've been fix fixing some bits. They've been updating the game and everything else. And it's going to be going back on Kickstarter later this month. I'm due to do a playthrough video of it near the end of the month. Uh, they are supposed to be sending me some updated components for me to do the playthrough video. Um, and I'm going to be doing a giveaway. So um, I'm going to be doing the draw at the start of February. And again, as mentioned, you don't have to enter this contest at all. If you are a patron supporter of mine at producer level or higher, you automatically get entered into the draw. So good luck in advance. And the way that it will work this month is that I will do the draw while the Kickstarter campaign is going on. So that if you have already backed the game and then you win, you can cancel that. Or if you're hanging fire on whether to back it or not based on whether you win, you can do that as well. So yeah, thank you very much to Mo Ideas for supporting the channel by giving me a virtual copy of the game to give away. Obviously you will only get the game when it delivers on Kickstarter, but that's always the case with these Kickstarter giveaways. Right, uh, what's coming next this month? Well, this week is very exciting. Um, <laughs> I know, I'm 51 years old, I shouldn't get this excited about games, but later this afternoon and then tomorrow I am going to be doing Hermagore Market that I'm sure nobody's heard of. And this is exciting because a few weeks ago, in I think it was in December, I got an email out of the blue uh, from designer Emmanuel Ornella that said, Hi Paul, I've got a game coming out next year. It's a print and play called Hermagore Market. I'm wondering if you'd be interested in doing a video. What he didn't know is that I'm a big fan of his, right? I've got like four of his games, right? Ultramare, Hermagore, uh, Assyria. I, I, yeah, I've got some of his games and I really like them and they're all underrated. And Hermagore itself, I think, is a fantastic game. Um, anyway, I'm doing that later today. I'm going to be learning how to play and then I'm going to be doing a video tomorrow. It is a Patreon-only live video tomorrow, but it will then be edited and will become a public video that uh, the designer is going to use for his... I, I don't know. He might be going on Kickstarter with it. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm doing that. So that's quite exciting. On Wednesday, I am doing some rulebook consultancy. Again, I'm not an editor anymore, but I am doing rulebook consultancy for Time of Empires. This is a new game from Queen... Not Queen. Pearl Games, um, which I've heard described as a little bit like Deus, but it's got hourglasses in it. I don't really know much about it, but I'm going to be doing a rulebook consultancy. We're going to try playing the game from the rulebook and see how we get on. That's happening on Wednesday. That's not going to be covered on the channel. That is a private piece of work that I'm doing for the publisher. Wednesday night, I said I'd talk about this, Tabanusi. As I mentioned earlier on, I've only played Tabanusi at two player and I really think it would be much better at three player. So Stephen and Paul that are coming round to play Time of Empires with me on Wednesday afternoon are staying for dinner and then we're going to play Tabanusi three player. So that's happening on Wednesday and I'm really looking forward to playing Tabanusi again because I really enjoyed it and I wanted to try it again three player. Thursday is super exciting because Perseverance should be arriving. Now, before you all get insanely jealous and say, 
Why is Paul Grogan getting a copy of Perseverance when I want a copy of Perseverance? Perseverance is due to be delivered to backers sometime later this year. I think maybe March or April time. I'm getting an early copy of the game because I'm going to be creating some videos on how to play the game and therefore I need to have a copy of the game to film it in order to do that. And that copy should arrive with me. It actually should arrive on Wednesday. But on Thursday, what I am doing is I've booked out the entire day. A friend of mine is coming around, another Paul, uh, and we're going to be basically playing through Perseverance, probably episode one and two. I think we'll have time for both because I think Paul's coming around in the morning, staying for lunch, and we're going to literally spend all day playing Perseverance. That will be a Patreon-only stream. Um, that's not a video which is really suitable for the public because it will be literally me going, oh my god, I've not played this game in a year, how do you play this game? It's going to be a very, very rough video. Uh, it's basically, I've got a friend around and we're going to sit down and we're going to learn how to play the game, but I'm streaming it for patron supporters. Mindclash have allowed me to stream it for patron supporters. So if you want to see me fumbling my way through the rules to relearn the game, that will be happening on Thursday. Friday I'm going to be doing games night, I don't know what yet, because I'm waiting to see who can come round. Um, and then next week I've got a video of Ark Nova planned with Tom Heath and Luke Hector, just because Tom wants to learn how to play, uh, and I love the game, so I want to play it more. Um, we're going to be finishing off our Arkham Horror campaign. Um, I'm going to be doing a four-player game of Undaunted, using the Reinforcements expansion at the moment, with the four designers. So David Thompson, Trevor Benjamin, David Turtsey, David Digby and me, but I'm the fifth. So I think I'm going to be hosting the game, and I think the four of them are going to be playing it. But basically, Osprey Games have asked me if I wouldn't mind hosting and facilitating a game using the four-player rules from Reinforcement. So that's going to be happening later in the month, I think on the 21st. Uh, I will be doing a solo playthrough. Uh, patron supporters at the moment are voting on which game they want me to do a solo playthrough of, and I can tell you now, Lost Ruins of Arnak with the expansion is winning by a considerable margin. So it is very likely to be that. I'll close the voting later this week, but it, it, it's probably going to be that. It's really nice to see that Messina uh, and Australia both got quite a lot of votes as well, but not as many as Lost Ruins of Arnak. I'd love to do more if I had time. Um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I've got planned for the next four weeks as well, but I will, I will fit in as much as I can. Right, personal update. Uh, the rulebook work, as I mentioned at the start, is still going on. Frostpunk is almost done. I was hoping Frostpunk would be finished last week. It's not. We've got a few little bits to do, but it's almost there. Batman Gotham City Chronicles. So close. It is so, so close to being finished. It's, I think, one more version and, and we're done. Um, and they're going to be going to Kickstarter with that later this year as well. So, yeah. Batman Gotham City Chronicles is, is very close to being done. ISS Vanguard is close, but not quite as close as the other two. So unfortunately, me planning 2022 as the year where I'm retired <laughs> and not doing any rulebook work, I'm still doing some rulebook work. It's not a lot, but it's still there. And that's three rulebooks that I'm still working on a little bit each day, which is one of the reasons why I decided to quit because it takes a lot of brain power to work on three rule books at the same time, all for very heavy, very complex games. And even though it might only be half an hour of work a day, that's half an hour of work for a game which I've got to know like the back of my hand. And then half an hour on another rule book, and then half an hour on the rule book, and then I've got to switch to this and switch to that. It's it's just been a bit too much. Um, but it's I'm sticking with these projects until the end, and it's really nice to see the end result of months and months of work. 
Um, other than that, I've been making a small dent in my list of games to cover on the channel. I basically, to try and help my feeling of being overwhelmed, um, I made a massive big list of all of the games that I want to cover on the channel and I prioritised them all. It's about 50 and as of last week it went down by 3 and up by 1. So I've made a small dent in it but obviously more games are being added to it all the time and I'm trying to get games off the list. So it's just, it's nice for me, it's therapeutic for me to have it all there in a list so I, I feel less overwhelmed because I just look at the list and I go, there you go, it's all written down. I know there's a lot and I know I don't have time to do everything, but at least it's all there in a list. So I've been making a small dent in that. Um, but every time I get five minutes to myself, I just think, and especially because I'm, my mind is in the, you're not doing any rulebook work. I still am, but my mind is in the already retired and moved on. So every time I get five minutes to myself, I think, oh, oh God, that's a great idea. Let's, let's play Terraforming Mars all day. I'll, I'll do an entire day where we play Terraforming Mars using a different expansion and we play like five games of it. Oh, and let's do a tapestry day where we do the base game, then the first expansion, then this. Oh, and then I'll invite Ian around and we'll play Battle Law 2 all day. Oh, and then I'll do a day where we play the entire Gloomhaven campaign on Gloomhaven Digital. Oh, and then I've got all these ideas. I've got loads and loads of ideas. And the reality is there just isn't enough time to fit them in. But at some point, I will. Um, getting back into Too Many Bones, do a whole, do a Too Many Bones day, play through the campaign, maybe do a solo campaign, Cloudspire, what else have I got written down? Play more Altry, play more Capital Looks 2, everything else, loads of stuff. I'll get there eventually. Um, one other thing that started again in the last couple of weeks is painting. Now, regular viewers will know that I do quite a bit of miniature painting in the background, but I knew that at some point last year, I'd stopped. And I think I stopped about the time when things started going for wrong, wrong for me mentally and I started feeling, you know, overwhelmed and all of that sort of stuff. And that ultimately led to my decision to step away from the rulebook work. But I got back to it in the last couple of weeks and I was, uh, it was the Anachrony miniatures that I was currently painting when I, when I had a break. And it was really, I had, I had this, it was a it was a very strong negative feeling that I had when I, I got out all of my painting stuff again. This was between Christmas and New Year. And I went, when was the last time I painted? Because I know it was at least two or three months ago. And I looked back through all of my photos that I take on my iPad and all of the dates. And it was June. And this is why it was, it gave me this big negative feeling. I was like, June? I mean, I like painting. And I like sitting down in front of TV, watching TV episodes and painting and painting loads of miniatures. And it just hit me that it's been six months since I'd done any painting. And I was like, wow, what have I been doing with my life for the last six months? Anyway, I'm positive, got back into the painting now. So I'll put some images on screen. Uh, this is, uh, this is uh, one set of the, um, what are they called? Exosuits for Anachrony. Almost finished. It's just the bases that I haven't done. And I have done one of the bases. Another image on screen now. This is the, this is one of the ones uh, the base has been done. I haven't done the other bases yet because I then moved on to the other ones. And this is the current progress that I've made on the exosuits for these ones. After I've done these two, I'm going to have a bit of a break because I need to go back and paint some more miniatures for Batman Gotham City Chronicles because I am planning a video in a couple of months' time for Batman Gotham City Chronicles and I want to make sure that I have painted all of the miniatures that I need 
for the particular mission which we're playing. Now, there's 23 missions included in the book, um, and there's like 250 miniatures in the game, or 260 miniatures in the game. I've painted like 65 of them, which is a lot, but it's only enough to play two of the missions. So I think the mission that I'm going to be playing in this video is a plant invasion. Uh, so I've got about 12 miniatures that I need to paint so that I've got enough for that particular scenario. So yeah, I'm going to have a break from Anachrony after I've done after I've finished these ones, which should be this week, and then go back to painting more from Batman. Um, but anyway, that, that is a painting update. But that's everything. That is my, yeah, pretty much what I've been doing in the last four weeks since the last video log. Thank you very much to everybody for watching. If you've got any comments on any of the games that I've covered or anything else, please leave, please leave them as a comment. And as I mentioned at the start, if you do like the content that I create, obviously give the video a thumbs up. Um, but please consider supporting me at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. Until next time, take care and thanks for watching. <laughs>